Welcome to GovInnovator. I'm Andy Feldman. In 2015, a unique collaboration was launched called the Rhode Island Innovative Policy Lab. It's a partnership between researchers at Brown University and the Office of the Governor of Rhode Island with the goal of helping state agencies design evidence-based policies to better serve Rhode Island families. In particular, Ripple's goal is to use data and science to improve policy, alleviate poverty, and increase opportunity. To do that work, they've created a new linked database of public programs connecting more than 100 previously independent data sets. To learn more and hear about some example projects, we're joined on the phone by Justine Hastings. She's an economist at Brown University and is the founding director of Ripple. Justine, welcome. Thank you, Andy, for inviting me. I know that your projects are grouped into several initiatives. Tell us what those are. Sure. We've grouped all of our projects into four key initiatives, uh, which we think encompass the most pressing social and policy topics of our time. The first one is closing the achievement gap from cradle to college. And we are looking to harness ideal data, economics, behavioral economics, and science to figure out how we can increase equity of opportunity so that children all have the ability to reach their potential. The second initiative is developing smart social programs. And what we mean by smart social programs is really looking into how people are using programs, how those programs are working, and whether there are small changes we can make to those programs to deliver a much higher impact at same or maybe even lower cost. The third initiative is designing regulation that works. And this is an initiative where we are looking at how we can design regulations, environmental and business regulations, uh, in a way that both protect the environment, serve society, but also grow the economy. The fourth initiative is in restoring community through improved criminal justice. And here we're taking a deep dive into our criminal justice programs and understanding if there are ways that we may be able to make them work better so that people are more successfully, more quickly reintegrated as productive members of society. That's useful. I want to ask you about some specific projects that you're running. But for listeners who are new to Ripple, tell us the general process that you go through for a typical project. Sure. The way that we typically start is in conversation with policy leaders, uh, the office of the governor, the cabinet members, uh, the department directors, to understand what their goals are, what are the problems and challenges that they're facing, and how they view those challenges and where they would like to get to if they could change everything today. And using those goals, uh, we can then start to look at data and also conduct field work to understand the challenges that exist, uh, potentially the sources of those challenges. So often this would involve, for example, assessing current programs, measuring their impact with an approach that gets as close as possible to measuring the actual impact of the program as it currently stands. Is it meeting the goals uh, that it would like to meet? And then also working with program directors and with the people using the program, the intended recipients, the people that in need who the program is trying to help, and understanding if the program is working as well as it could for them. And, uh, and if not, where might there be uh, areas for improvement? And then taking that, the next step in the process is then, you know, really taking and looking at 
models of behavior, what we know from science, what we know from psychology and economics, and thinking about how can we design a program that better meets needs and potentially lowers costs. And then basically working with the agency to figure out how can we implement that program, but not just implement it and and hope that it accomplished what we thought it did, but actually testing it with rigorous research methods so that we can say at the end of the day, yes, it did work, uh, or potentially our, our best guess and our work was, was not quite on the mark, but now we've learned kind of one more improvement to test. And that tested improvement then is something that can be scalable. It's something that's reliable, that can be picked up uh, by states more broadly since most of these programs uh, and departments that we work with are present in every state. I think the themes of having the key questions be driven by the needs of government and also the commitment not just to innovation but to rigorously testing whether those innovations actually improve results is really useful. Justine, I know that one of your projects focuses on improving outcomes for SNAP recipients, SNAP being formerly known as food stamps. Tell us about that. Yes, it's called SNAP Split Issuance. And it is about giving food stamps to families twice a month instead of once a month. It's a great example of what we learn when we both look at big data and also talk with people. Looking at big data and also talking with people who use the program, we realize that there's a rush to spend when benefits are given once a month and that families in need would benefit from and would actually like to have their benefits twice a month to help them budget over the course of the month and also to help them increase their purchases of fresh and nutritious foods, fruits and vegetables, uh, and fresh foods in general. So we've partnered with USDA and the state of Rhode Island since health and nutrition is important to the governor. And we are going to be piloting a split issuance program of SNAP where some SNAP beneficiaries are going to be receiving their benefits twice a month instead of once a month, and we're going to be able to measure the impact this has, uh, the extent to which it's able to help families in need uh, make better use of their SNAP dollars uh, to purchase healthier and more nutritious food. Another project focuses on reducing prison recidivism. If you could give us an overview. Sure. One of the governor's key goals is to lower recidivism rates. And we're looking for simple ways in which we can lower recidivism rates. And one of the first things that we discovered when being able to look in detail at data is that people who enroll quickly in social benefit programs, safety net programs like uh, SNAP and Medicaid post-release are much less likely to uh, return back to prison. So social program enrollment and engagement is a key predictor of lower recidivism rates. We then took a deep dive to ask, well, why isn't everybody signing up for social programs? Why, in fact, are only a minority of releasees signing up for social programs? It turns out we kind of ask people to sign up for them in a difficult way at a very difficult time in their life when they're leaving prison and have a lot on their plate. So we worked closely with our Rhode Island government partners to design a program that makes this process much, much easier so that effectively somebody the day they're released will have activated benefits. And we're going to be trialing this program to measure the impact on recidivism. Potentially, by just making this small change, we could reduce recidivism by two, four, six percentage points, uh, which would be a huge win at a fairly low cost. Of course, we can't be certain of that until we test it, 
So that's what we're in the process of doing. By testing the program, uh, we'll have proven results, and other states can then learn from our program, and we can scale it up. That is really useful. A final project that I wanted to ask you about relates to job training and improving the outcomes from job training programs, something near and dear to my heart as somebody who was at the Wisconsin Department of Workforce Development before coming to Washington, D.C. Tell us about that. Sure. Training people for gainful employment is very important. It's important to the governor. Uh, It's important for governors, I'm sure, everywhere across the country. And when people engage with these programs, there's very little information actually about what this program's track record is for job placement and for gainful employment and whether each of these programs is in fact effective at giving people skills that places them in jobs that are steady with good earnings. So given this, we took a deep dive into the uh, labor training data from Rhode Island, and we've constructed a measure of success for each of the training programs in Rhode Island that can be used going forward to inform trainees of the affected quality of their options and inform trainees of what types of skills are in demand. We're effectively putting people's data to work for them, using earnings data and training data to construct a measure of the returns on investment in different labor training programs so that workers can use their time and their training opportunity to most effectively gain skills to get that steady job and employment that they want. A quick follow-up on that point. Something I know you've mentioned in the past about this project is that creating transparency around results of these training programs is also a way to create incentives for those programs to focus on marketable skills and also to weed out ineffective programs because people are not going to sign up for the programs that don't work. Exactly. In addition to the immediate benefit of being able to make an informed decision, Because this decision is being made based on effectiveness of the program, it will further incentivize programs to be effective going forward. A final point, Justine. I know that creating measures of program quality, job training programs in this case, is not easy. If, for example, you just ranked programs by their placement rates, it would create incentives for those programs to focus only on the most work-ready people, to engage in cream skimming, in other words. I know that Ripple has put a lot of work into getting their measure right to focus on the actual impact of these job training programs on program participants. Yes, exactly. But our measure is value-added. So, you know, we have like lots and lots of control for what these earnings gains are. And this is where Ripple's data is really helpful. We can take into account criminal history. We can take into account age former sector of employment, like lots of stuff we can control for so that we really get this measure of like, given the people who showed up at your doorstep, how much did you do to kind of move the needle for them on job? That's what we want. And that's basically what we're doing. Congratulations, Justine, to you and the whole Ripple team and also your partners in the administration of Governor Gina Raimondo. And thanks for giving us an overview. Thank you, Andy, for taking the time. It was a pleasure speaking with you.